Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Today we got some top position battles. Let's do it. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, everybody? I remember uh, I was listening to an old podcast because I wanted to see how we did on our bust uh, breakouts episode last year. Okay. Just to see what our hit rate was. Was it good? No. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. We chose some weird busts uh, breakouts. Like we had Dante Pettis as a breakout. You know what? That. Hello? Opportunity. You cut out for a second. Hello. Can you say that again? Oh, I, I just said that wasn't that wasn't a bad one last year because he had a lot of opportunity. Yeah, and then he completely crapped himself. He did. Yeah, he just. I can't remember himself. the other ones, but we did get Aaron Jones right. We had some busts that we got, we got right. I know, like Brandon Cooks. Yeah, that's um, true. So we were big Philip Lindsay. But I was I was listening to that show to get to my anecdotal story, and uh, back then I screamed into the microphone like hello to enter the show or something ridiculous like that thinking battling that probably not the best idea to blow people's eardrums gotta, out when you, you start try the show. to bring that back or? <laughs> heck no <laughs> uh my name is morgan colby i got rick lemon with me as always what's going on rick what's up uh we got some stuff to get to in this episode we're going to talk about some uh some positional battles players who are fighting for specific roster roles and how it pertains to your fantasy team going into 2020. Um, so we're going to, we're going to do that before we do that. Check out our website, the fantasychampions.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the FF champs on Twitter at the fantasy champions on Instagram. Uh, and then you can like us at facebook.com forward slash the fantasy champions. If you're listening on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform, please go down and leave a review. You can also subscribe. Subscribing helps us a lot because it gets us in front of more people. And the more people we get in front of, the more stuff we can do. And the more stuff we can do, the more content we can bring to you. And the more content we can bring to you, the more championships you win. So please subscribe, wow. leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, same thing. Subscribe. Click the bell for notifications. You'll get notifications. Subscribing is not enough anymore for the YouTube algorithm. It's just not. You have to click the bell for notifications. Uh, like, and then leave down below a comment of a player or a position battle that you are interested in this year to see what happens. Yeah, let's know if we missed something. Yeah. For one of the battles. <laughs> well, we for this sure. We for sure missed something. We're just talking about our favorite ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we have our draft guide. The orders for the draft guide start at $25. Um, it is currently live, and you have two weeks, two weeks to buy it. And use it before the season starts. Um, it has full rankings, breakouts, bust, player draft values, player breakdowns, and so much more. If you, uh, I forgot to take that out of the show. The listener league is closed. We might have some spots to give away, but uh, another topic for another day. Um, and then be sure to tell your friends about our draft yeah. guide. So let's jump right yeah, into. Don't... Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, there's been some people that aren't entered in both listener league that got entered, so. We might have something open up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. People people are ignoring my emails. 
<laughs> I don't blame him. Don't ignore my... If you're listening to this podcast, check your emails. And then, if you, if you don't have an email from us, email us at, at thefantasychampion at gmail.com, and we will get back to you with a listener league spot. First come, first serve. Um, let's jump right into positional battles for the 2020 fantasy football season. Um, Michael Hardman versus Sammy Watkins for the wide receiver two job in Kansas City. Now, me and Rick have been preaching to you to draft Mia Cole Hardman for a majority of the offseason. Mm. Is that correct? That is correct. Would I be advanced in saying that? Big Nicole Hardman fans. Yes, so we love Mia Cole Hardman. Obviously, uh, he's Tyreek Hill mini, light. I don't know what you want to call him. Um, esque. He's, he's, he's the Tyreek Hill app with ads. <laughs> wow. That's a great tweet. So <laughs> Michael Arbin's the Tyreek Hill app with ads. Um, so he obviously I think is the guy that should win the job. Mm. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to pop into Roto world, our good friends at o- uh, Roto world for some sports news, just to see where that battle is going. Um, obviously, they like Mia Cole Hardman. Um, there have been rumors at the draft that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to trade Sammy Watkins uh, away at some point. He still hasn't been traded. I've been one to think that he might be cut. Um, but when this man is on the field and he's playing as the wide receiver, too, he's actually been really good for the Chiefs and been one of Mahomes' favorite options in the offense. Um the key thing here is him staying on the field. So, um, you know, in terms of what, in terms of what is capable for Sammy Watkins, like if he plays the full season as the wide receiver too, would you be interested in like drafting him and having him on your team? Oh yeah, I would. So, yeah, I mean, that's like, and I was thinking I, there was a time where I was mock drafting and taking Sammy Watkins in the 10th round every time. Um, I just, yeah. Because last year, I think last year in 14 games, he had 90 targets, 52 receptions. You know, um, he had a decent Harry amount Kill of targets. missed here. a lot of time, though. That's true. Very true. Um, which created a lot of opportunity for Watkins. So, for one week. Right, right. So, um, there has been rumors also floating around that Sammy Watkins is frustrated with the Chiefs because he's not getting the opportunity that he wants. Um, but that he also doesn't want, he wants to win. Mm-hmm. So he's not complaining. Essentially. He said in uh, August 13th on August 13th that he understands that his numbers might not be what he wants them to be in 2020, which would lead me to believe that a Mia Cole Hardman is overtaking him as the wide receiver too. Um, wow. He also had a groin injury, but he did return to practice so as far as Sammy Watkins is concerned, I would think that he's he's definitely a guy that is not going to win this job. I think it's most likely going to be Mia Cole Hardman. Um, what are the chances you think that Sammy Watkins is going to win this job as I pull up Mia Cole Hardman's I mean, numbers just to get some information on him? It's, it is Sammy Watkins' job, obviously, from last year. Hardman is the young player, though. He's going into year two. He's not a rookie anymore. So I, I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think Hardman will win. But even if Watkins wins the job, I mean, how long is that going to last? Right. Like, I think McCall Hardman can easily take the job during the season at any point. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs could cut Sammy Watkins, like you said. Although I don't know 
if that's going to happen. I think it's more likely that they would trade Sammy Watkins to a wide receiver needy team like a Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if he stayed on the team, I mean, Sammy Watkins has gotten hurt pretty much every year of his career other than, I think, his rookie season. So yeah. he, he's usually uh, a player that has struggled with injuries. Um, and even when he's healthy, he disappears sometimes too. Like I, It's just I wouldn't, I wouldn't be betting money on Sammy Watkins this year. So um, there was a report, too, in April that said that Sammy Watkins, I don't know if we talked about this on the show in April, but he restructured his contract to save $5 million in camp, uh, cap space for the Kansas City Chiefs, presumably to try to get Patrick Mahomes a huge contract, which he did. Um, but I think essentially what the, this report is saying back in April is that it keeps the it keeps Sammy Watkins entrenched as the team's starting slot receiver for another year. Um, sophomore speedster Miyako Hardman's breakout will likely have to wait since this reshuffling ensures 10 to 11 starters. So uh, 10 of 11 starters returning from the Super Bowl winning offense. Um, so essentially what this particular report said in April is that they think that Sammy Watkins is going to be the starting guy because he restructured his contract essentially. Um, so, I mean, that that's the information that we have on these two. I think that you're right with the Sammy Watkins situation. He's he gets hurt regularly. <laughs> It's the first yeah. thing. Not that you want to like project injury onto Sammy Watkins, but he does get hurt regularly, which opens up opportunity for Miracle Hardman, which is essentially what happened last year with Tyree Kill getting hurt. Um, the only concern that I kind of have with Tyree Kill is I don't, I mean, uh, with uh, Miracle Hardman is that I don't know if Sammy Watkins, like, do you think Miracle Hardman would be a slot receiver if Sammy Watkins were to get cut or traded or leave in some capacity or get hurt? Like, he's just going to get, like, would he get more opportunity on the outside? Because he literally plays the same role as Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think he'd probably get more. He's just a, on the outside. He's just a field stretcher. So, I mean, for right. me. But he's perfect for the Chiefs, but. Yeah, well, for sure. See, that's the thing with Mia Cole Hardman is that even if he doesn't get 100 targets this year, he's going to have, like, some ridiculous games. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you really desperately need a play. You know what I mean? Like you don't have a wide receiver for the week. I would rather play me a Cole Hardman than pick somebody up off the waiver wire <laughs> and just right. cross your fingers that he doesn't get one target for seven yards. Um, so, I mean, I think me a Cole Hardman at some point is going to usurp. I'm trying not to sneeze. Oh, I held that in. <laughs> um, I think he's going to usurp, uh, if that's the right word to use there. Um, Sammy Watkins as the wide receiver two on the Kansas city chiefs, which is obviously valuable for fantasy owners. Um, so that's why I would buy me a Cole Hardman at some point. I think he's talented. He's fast. He's, you know, I don't want to say he's better than Sammy Watkins. I mean, is it, is it okay to say that? Am I, am I um, castrated? <laughs> I mean, Sammy Watkins is pretty, pretty solid. He's only 26 solid. too, which is ridiculous. Sammy Watkins. He's, yeah. He's a talented player. He's just never really put it together. Yeah, and it's all. He also feels like this guy that's been stuck on a bad offense, but he just hasn't. And no, so it's like <laughs> it's a weird player. Yeah, very weird player. But I, I don't know if he fits into what Kansas City wants to do. You know what I mean? Because those over the those those over the middle slant kind of routes that he runs are are overtaken by Kelsey. 
Because Kelsey essentially just is a slot receiver at tight end. You know, and it's like that's the problem that you have with Sammy Watkins being valuable. So I, I would much rather have in fantasy football the upside of Mia Cole Hardman with the breakout potential. But I think Mia Cole Hardman is definitely going to win the job at some point, if not in training camp, at some point in the season. Yeah. Now, if you had to put your bets, hedge your bets on who's the starter week one, who are you choosing? Sammy Watkins. It's gross, but I think, yeah, I would say Sammy Watkins too. I think by week three or four, though, it'll be Hardman. Okay, I would agree with that. Uh, the next one, this should be an interesting one because you like one player specifically better than I like one player. <laughs> I think both of these guys are actually really gross, and I realized that this week. Yeah, when you get to a, when you get to a certain point in the uh, regular season, after you get a fantasy team and you have one together, you're like, okay, the guys we've been arguing about for months really have no real reality. <laughs> This is this is one of those situations. So Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson are currently. I'll tell you, this is a weird backfield, my friend. Um, there's a lot of conflicting reports on these two guys, but Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly are fighting for the second role behind Austin Eckler. Now I'll say that we've seen guys perform well in in uh, Los Angeles. Like we've seen two running backs have success in Los Angeles with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. And I don't think that Eckler is going to come in and just be the, like, I think he's going to get all of the pass catching work, which is going to be, you know, plus some because he's always had the pass catching work. Um, And he's probably going to get 200 carries. So he's going to have a lot of work in this offense, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that gets over 250, 260, 270 carries. So in this in this Chargers offense, that means the second running back is kind of valuable. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of in leagues, but yeah. And a very good handcuff as well. Yeah. Underrated handcuff. Right. So now I'm kind of tossing and turning a little bit on Justin Jackson. Joshua Kelly's a rookie fourth round pick, I believe. Um, And Justin Jackson, he was a seventh round pick in 2018 um, he's not a bad running back. Last year I picked him up and he had kind of a, like he had some interesting games. I wouldn't say they're good, but they were interesting. Um, he's not a bad running back. Last year he averaged 6.9 yards per carry, um, which is, you know, only, I, I don't know how many rushes he had, but uh, I'm assuming it's not a lot, but he had 200 rushes last year, nine receptions, 22 uh, receiving yards. So he's not a bad, bad running back. Um, and I think he can win the job, but essentially some of the reports coming out really fast are that, um, so I, I I'll take it, I'll take it back to June. So it, it, the charger said on June 15th that the, uh, the Justin Jackson's leash won't be long as the team's number two back, mm. um, that he would not have his, the opportunity if he wasn't working hard or being successful. Um, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson's both received this happened in August 18th. Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson both received first team reps during Chargers in-house scrimmages. So this was just uh, 10 days ago or, or eight days ago, some, somewhere around that. Beginning of camp, though. Say it again? Is it closer to the beginning of camp? Yeah, yeah. So Justin Jackson had, getting, had gotten first team reps, and it was looking like this guy was going to be you know, the second running back on the team. And then the orange County register believes that um, 
Joshua Kelly, the running back, might have the edge for the number two role. There has also been reports that Justin Jackson has the edge for the number two role. So essentially at this point, we don't know who's going to be number two. For me, this is what I'll say. I think Justin Jackson is going to be the number two guy. And that's why I would take Justin Jackson later in drafts than I would Joshua Kelly. Kelly, I would rather have Justin Jackson. And the reason why is because Josh Kelly is a rookie running back in a COVID year with no preseason games. And it's like, even if he wins that number two role, I don't think he'll have it for long. So, you know, this, this Orange County register report, whatever it is, whoever this person is. So kind of a strange freaking yeah. report. But anyway, I disagree with this report. And I feel like, I feel like Justin Jackson's probably going to get the starting role or uh, the second, I'm sorry, the RB two role on that team. So um, I think it's safe to say that I would not be surprised if Josh Kelly like takes over at some point in the season over Justin Jackson, just because he's a fourth round pick and he's probably more talented and all these other things. Right. But um, he has more upside. And I like that about Kelly, but if you need something early in the season, Justin Jackson is going to be able to come in and probably provide a base floor of like eight to 10 rushing attempts and maybe one to two like targets, which would equal like one catch a game. So he provides a, a, a small floor um, that you could probably utilize him in your flex if you had to, if somebody got hurt. So I think that the, 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 if you drafted either of these guys later in your drafts or, or you, you are going to draft one of these guys, I don't think you have a problem with either one of them, but I would just take Justin Jackson over Josh Kelly. Um, for me, I'd probably take Josh Kelly over Justin Jackson. Um, we do kind of disagree on this one, but it's it, honestly, it's not really a backfield that I'm crazy about investing in anyway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have crazy strong opinions on this, but the reason I would take Joshua Kelly is sort of the reasons why you wouldn't mm-hmm. uh, because he is a rookie. And I th- do think he's more talented than Justin Jackson. Uh, he was the fourth round pick mm-hmm. versus Justin Jackson being seventh round pick. Justin Jackson has had his chance chances. He's not been bad. Like he's not a bad player. Um, but I think Joshua Kelly has more upside, which I'd rather take later in the drafts. So I mean, you look at their metrics, um, like on player profile or Josh Kelly's yeah. compared to Sony Michelle. Um, Justin Jackson's more of a Shane Marine. Mm-hmm. Uh, their 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 40-yard dashes were very similar, but J- Joshua Kelly's a little yeah. bit faster, and he right. also has 20 pounds on Justin Jackson, so he's kind of like a bigger, slightly right, faster right, right, player. Right. I mean, those are all just metrics, though. I mean, on the field, we haven't really seen Joshua Kelly. I think he was solid in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just think, you know, Justin Jackson might start the year. Like, week one, he might be the RB2 on on the Chargers. But I think ha- at least, like, halfway through the season, that, that'll be Joshua Kelly's job. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, when they invested in him. And I've heard they liked him. I, I mean, what, what was the report that said Joshua Kelly was – what there was one report that said Joshua Kelly was looking really good that you said you saw. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I've seen, I've seen one from um, with the first pick.com. It's a fan mm-hmm. side. So it's not really an incredibly reliable source at all. But <laughs> they wrote an article saying how yeah. um, Josh Kelly has the opportunity to have a massive role in year one. Yeah. And that they think that he's going to, take over the spot so i mean there are mixed reports because i have seen uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of things about just it's a very interesting backfield it's a good one to watch mm-hmm. but for me i'd rather take the upside of josh kelly yeah i mean i think that a lot of people would especially later in the draft um you know it, it really at this point this this conversation is similar to bryce love 
or Antonio Gibson, yeah. which it's we're not going to talk about. It's less, though, of that. Yeah, because right. Because at least they're, they might be the starter. Right, sure. right, 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 right. So get I do think guys. whoever gets the second job in Los Angeles is going to be valuable in some way. Because, like I said, the they're, Austin Eckler can't carry the ball all 400-something times that this team is going to do. And I'm assuming that they're going to run the football a little bit more this year just because of the fact that you know Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback and or Justin Herbert's the quarterback. So it's like, if if that's the situation that you're running into, they're not going to run the football, you know, 100% of the time. Um, and so I, I feel like I feel like when you're talking about the Los Angeles Chargers and their opportunity as a team, I feel like Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly, whoever gets that secondary role, is going to have some opportunity in this offense to have success. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But who do you think wins week one? Who's who's going to be the number two guy? Week I, think, one? I think week one, it'll be just Jackson. But okay. similar to the same Watkins thing, I think during the season, Joshua Kelly will take over. That's I think it will be Justin Jackson as well. This cluster frick of a backfield, the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not even going to reference a competition at all because you have John Kelly, Malcolm Brown, mm-hmm. Cam Akers, mm-hmm. and Daryl Henderson. I don't think John Kelly's going to get one snap this year. <laughs> no, I think he will, but unless, it won't be like, he's be, not, it won't be any, anything useful. This is going to be a split between Akers and Henderson and Malcolm Brown. And so the, the, the question is traditionally in Sean McVay's offense, we've seen a feature running back. Like they always have one guy running the football. RBBCs are not really his thing. Um, so he might just be changing the way he's playing and trying to get into the RBBC game. I don't know. I mean, obviously that's what he wants to do, but I would not be surprised if the Rams are going in a direction of we're going to play Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers and uh, Daryl Henderson until one of these guys does something Todd Gurley did and we can start them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's what's going to end up happening for them. But in the in the short term, you know, you're just going to you're, you're ending up with a really like this is probably one of my uh, least favorite, least bought into backfields in the NFL. Yeah. Outside of Washington. Um, so. I think I think for me, like when you talk about what's going on here, there's a lot of information. So I'm just going to spit it all out now and then we can talk about it. So uh, Daryl Henderson, obviously the guy that a lot of people think is going to, you know, uh, probably be the starter week one. Um, He suffered a mild hamstring uh, and and hamstring injury. uh, I think it was last week, but the team hopes to have him back week one. He's been struggling. Like I said, hamstring injuries are the worst because those are the ones that linger. And right. guys like AJ Green have those. There's a lot of players. Deontay Johnson, I believe, had some form of a hamstring injury. So it's like those those things are going to linger in onto the season. Sometimes they go away. Sometimes they don't. It's just it's a weird injury. So that's something you got to watch with Daryl Henderson. I feel like, you know, what they expected and anticipated Daryl Henderson to be last year when they drafted him with their third round pick. Um, he didn't really turn into that. And there was a lot of people that liked Daryl Henderson. They were like, this guy's going to be legit. He's going to be really good. He really did not have a great season. He wasn't really, really good pass catching. Um, and I think that had a lot to do with the terrible offensive line play, to be honest with you. But sure. Malcolm Brown outpaced him and outplayed him a lot. Um, but they've been saying that Daryl Henderson's been taking the first team reps um, and all of that stuff, like he was generally before speaking, he injured, before yeah. he got injured. And so the guy behind him right now, from what it looks like, is Henderson's the one, 
Akers is the two, Malcolm Brown's the three. So I would not be surprised if Malcolm Brown ends up on the bottom end of that stick. So let's just let's just make this about Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Cam Akers came in and they're essentially saying now he's 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 going to get the uh, he's been getting the first team reps and he's been doing pretty well with the first team reps is what I've been hearing. Um, but they're saying that he is going to generally speaking get a fairly even split um, in the beginning of the season with uh, Henderson. So I, I feel like it's obviously going to be a split RBBC between the two guys. Now, what round was Cam Akers taken in the second? I always second, get this wrong. Second round, 20th pick. So they, they, you say that like I'm supposed to know that. You're like, second round, 20th pick. You freaking No, I literally had it right in front of me, so I was staring at it anyway. Um, but so Cam Akers, second round, um, he, you know, for me, I think – when you look at him, I feel like he's going to be, he should be the guy for them. Sure. That would be, that would be the person that I would take to be the guy. Um, I do like Henderson and I think they're going to use Henderson, but it's really just sitting here and try it's, it's splitting hairs. Like you're looking at these two guys. I think if you're taking, see, here's my problem. I don't know if we, we asked this question in our, our this or that segment. I don't know if we've done this one yet, but Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson, yeah. The problem for me is that Cam Akers is a sixth round pick right now. And yeah, he's getting yeah. way overdrafted for a team. Fifth that's, round. I've seen him fifth. I mean, he's starting to move up to or almost the fifth round. This is this is like I don't like people who draft Jonathan Taylor in the third round. But you know what? I would way go. draft taught Jonathan Taylor in the third round Absolutely. than Cam Akers in the sixth or fifth. Me too. Um please don't do that. Like that is a surefire way to lose your fantasy league is drafting Cam Akers in the fifth or sixth round. Like that's just bad. Um, Daryl Henderson's going in the 10th or 11th round, even though he's dealing with the hamstring injuries. Like, I feel like that's a way better, like shot uh, to take yeah. than it is to go after cam Akers. You know what I, I do mean? I think by the end of the year, Akers might have more carries. Yeah. 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 But the thing is this, this is going to be split up three ways. I mean, yeah. there's going to be some weeks where Akers is going to be really good. There's going to be some weeks where Daryl Henderson's going to get more mm-hmm. carries. There's going to be some weeks where Malcolm Brown gets 15 carries and you go, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's gonna be. I gross. mean, Acres in Dynasty, I think is is better suited than he is in redraft. And yeah, I think yeah, people yeah. are just getting the hype. The only way I would draft Acres, um, semi early at all is mm-hmm. if you just like all the running backs are gone. You're in the seventh round, yeah, and he's still there. And like you, you just desperately need a running back, so you take a flyer on Cam Acres, yeah, for the potential upside that he has. That's, That's what he fine. used to be. <laughs> um right but now anymore. you're drafting him as like a regular yeah. too it's it's a little mm-hmm. crazy but that's the only time i think it's fine mm-hmm. drafting cam Akers that early is if you just like like you just desperately need an rb2 and you would right. rather take the chance on him than like a safe bet like a james white type thing Fair at that point in the draft um but yeah no i mean I, i'm with you i i don't really like anybody <laughs> on the rams i i would draft her i did draft your anderson in our home league in like the 12th round because it was just a flyer them. i ended up cutting him for an operated though but yeah <laughs> um me finding yes, ways me finding ways to freaking pick him up and then going never mind yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> so he he's not like i think henderson would have been the starting back week one but had now because they of the not injury, cam Akers i'm not sure yeah yeah acres might might end up being the starter week one but i don't know how much he's gonna get how much work he's actually gonna get in week one mm-hmm. i mean i don't do you think cam Akers will get like 200 carries this year no i don't think he will I don't think he will either. Yeah, it's just too many. I can't. I, I don't remember how many carries they had last year in that backfield, but if it was like around um, four hundred, pull it up. 
if it was around 400, then I could see a pretty, like, it's probably going to be like 160, 160 with the rest going to like Malcolm Brown and John Kelly. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's my thing, like with Daryl Henderson is I, I feel like it's really, I don't think that they're looking at Cam Akers and going, we drafted him with pick two, you know, we picked, we, we used up, uh, I'm sorry. We picked him with a 52nd pick in the second round. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're looking at him going like, it's essentially a third round pick. So it's like, I don't think they're looking at him going like, oh, the draft capital that we use to draft Cam Akers, you know, over overlooks Daryl Henderson so much. I honestly think that whoever does better is going to be the starting running back for this team. Yeah. And I feel like, I, I feel mean, it like could if, be Akers, but I, I if think Henderson might- comes out week one and rushes for 120, gets 120 all purpose yards and scores two touchdowns, He's the guy. If he plays week one. If he plays week one, right. But my point is that he's the guy if he does that. If Cam Akers does that in game one, he's the guy. If they both just are terrible, then that's what's going to happen. It's just going to be a split. So I feel like it's going to be a split until one of these two breaks out. And it's it's a it's a it's kind of a race to see which one does because I don't think they like either one of them more than the other. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the Rams had 401 carries last season. Yeah. Um, I think that number is going to be around the same this year. Yeah. Uh, that, that leaves like what? 150 carries for Cam Akers. Yeah. 150, 160 for both of these guys. Yeah. I mean, and then there's Malcolm Brown. Too. There's 320 together. And then there's 80 for Malcolm Brown and John Kelly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be disgusting. <laughs> right. But It'll it's worth gross. to me, like for Daryl Henderson, it's in the 11th, 12th round, 10th, 11th, 12th round. It's worth I'd take the risk. Yeah. The happen. risk there. Instead of Cam Akers, who you just don't know, like you're taking a very large, large risk for fantasy football. It's all about uh, calculated risks. And it's not like the Ram- the Rams, according to P- uh, PPF. Yeah. PFF. PPF. Pro football. <laughs> um, you try. They have the. You they, have the they have the 25th ranked offensive line going into the 2020 football season. So yeah, it's not exactly a great offensive line. Yeah, I mean it's it's for a rookie running back. You know, <sighs> it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for the Rams to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I you know I I would take I would take Daryl Henderson later rounds and then hope for the best. Um, I do like Daryl Henderson. I don't think he's all innately talented, but like I've said this before about Todd Gurley, I don't think he's like ridiculously talented either. So it's like if they get their offensive their offensive line was ranked. What did you say? Twenty fifth last year. According to PFF, yep, 20, no, uh, it's going into the year. It's oh, going into the year. So yeah. they had a lot of like injuries on the offensive line, and that's what caused a lot of their problems. They're also so old, though. They're oh, they are also old. But I think that like they're also a team that's very inconsistent year to year. So sure, like th- this all. I'm not banking it on this, but I, I do think that that offensive line is going to perform better this year than they did last year. So I don't think either one of these guys are going to be bad. I just don't think that, like for me, I don't I don't know that either one of them is going to be able to take over. Um, mm. So let's just assume Henderson's hamstring is fine, which it should be. That he's got two weeks, so it should be. If he returned to practice, he's fine. Um, which I don't think he has yet. But anyway, Henderson or Cam Akers, week one. If Henderson is fine, he will start week one. Okay. How many carries does Henderson and Akers get in game one? Henderson gets 13. 
Acres gets eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so gross, dude. That's disgusting. It is. Really the grossest backfield in the league. I, I will say that. Um, and then we wanted to throw in some... Out of the Washington football team. Might be out of the, yes, that's true. Um, at least you know Adrian Peterson's a solid lock for 3.4 <laughs> yards per carry. Um, we're going to talk about some of the QB battles really quickly. Before sure. we do that, let's talk about some QB battles really quickly. I wanted to talk about these because I think it's not going to be a long discu- discussion or conversation. I almost kicked mm-hmm. over my light here. Um, but... I, I did want to talk about them because I feel like it pertains to a lot of the offensive scheme. Like it has whoever starts for each one of these teams, it affects how their offensive scheme is going to go. Um, sure. So to start, we'll talk about the chargers. Um, Tyrod Taylor is projected to be the starter week one. Yeah. Um, him and Justin Herbert are currently in a QB battle for the one spot. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Tyrod. So I'm not really going to go into details about whether or not it's going to be Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. It's probably going to be Tyrod. How do you think uh, Tyrod affects this offense? So, yeah, I mean, Tyrod's going to start. Um, it's kind of similar to what he was with the Browns and Baker's yeah. first year. Although I think he'll be the starter for longer throughout the season. He'll, it'll probably be like Drew Locke last year where Joe Flacco started the first, like what, 10 weeks of the season. So I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter, and that's going to affect the offense. Um, Tyrod Taylor, you know, in Buffalo, he he runs the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to actually, believe it or not, be kind of similar to Philip Rivers. I think where there's going to they're going to use the running backs in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, I think Keenan Allen will be okay with the slot action. He's not going to throw the ball down the field all the time. I, I know there's some reports out of camp. It's like Tyrod Taylor is deep all mm-hmm. his money, but I mean, we've seen him play throughout his career. He's not. The you know, he's, he's no Aaron yeah. Rodgers right. uh, throwing the ball down the field. He's not a bad quarterback, though. Um, so I think I think it'll be good things for Austin Eckler still. Uh, it might not he might not get as much work mm-hmm. as it was with Philip Rivers. Like it might not be to that extreme. He'll just hit the open man type of thing. Um, so like the running back, like Eckler had like I think a hundred something targets last year. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to get that quite many, but he will still utilize the running backs. They'll still utilize the slot game. They'll still u- utilize the tight ends. And I think it might affect Mike Williams in a negative way. Yeah. If Justin Herbert becomes a starter, though, expect that to kind of switch. Yeah. Herbert's got a big arm. Like, they might try to use that to their advantage. Um, he still will use the checkdowns a lot. Yeah. They'll try to play conservatively, but it might be better for Mike Williams if Herbert was in versus Toronto Taylor. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do. I do. Would I would mention, I feel like either one of these guys is better for Mike Williams' game than... But um, I think that either one hurts Keenan Allen. And I know a lot of people are mm-hmm. high, still high on Keenan Allen. And at this point, like if he's in the fifth round, just take him. Like, I don't give a crap. But, yeah, I, um, I agree with that. I think like he originally was going to be a bust for us. And then he's kept on falling. So I'm like, it's not even a bust anymore. But um, for me, like I look at Keenan Allen, I think he's talented. I just think that the way Philip Rivers played and the way Tyrod or Justin Herbert's going to play is going to kind of affect how Keenan Allen is able to perform. The only person that I think is really going to get good things out of this QB competition either way is Austin Eckler. Mm, Whoever wins yeah. the job, Austin Eckler is still going to get a million targets. So he will. Yeah. Um, Tyrod's going to dump it down. The rookie's going to dump it down. You know, I, so for me, I think obviously Tyrod's going to win the job. Tyrod has no standalone value for fantasy. So I, I wouldn't go out and, and try to acquire him or 
in a dynasty league or, or try to, uh, unless you're a two quarterback league, then whatever. But um, I wouldn't try to draft him because I don't, I don't feel like he's going to be that valuable. Um, so let's talk about the next one really quickly. Sure. Um, past quarterback competition between Cam Newton, Brian Hoyer, and uh, Jared, Jared Stidham, Stidham. Baby. So, so I was listening to a, a, a an interview today. The Patriots. I I'm starting to get sick and tired of ESPN and all the other platforms. New England reporters. They're so annoying. Have you noticed that? Oh, God. Is that because I live in New England? Like these people, Mike Reese might be the one of the. I hate to call one person now, but he might be the most annoying person on the face of the earth when it comes to Patriots training camp coverage. Every single morning, I got to see a tweet about who picked the songs for the day. And I'm like, I do not give two flying rats butts what the players listen to when they practice. Like, I, honestly. Are there people out there who care about that? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, so I don't, don't hate Don't hate on them for doing their uh, job. Yes, yeah, I'm not going to. Whatever. I, I wish I could sit there and tweet out about what the Patriots listen to and who picked the songs. But uh, anyway. <laughs> So the Pats uh, have an interesting conversation, you know, to try to overcome the uh, the loss of Tom Brady, um, which is obviously ginormous, a ginormous hole to fill. Uh, Jared Stidham reportedly had some form of a injury. I'm assuming, I think it was hamstring or That's I can't what remember. I heard, yeah. um, but he has an injury. And when he went down, uh, it was a split between Hoyer and Newton. And then Newton over the weekend just basically took all the reps. And, yeah, um, and even when Siddham was out there, he didn't look great, I guess. Like, no, he had he thrown, throwing, like, two interceptions. He was throwing interceptions, yeah, yeah. He wasn't looking good. And Hoyer looks like a backup quarterback, as usual. So, right. I mean, everyone knew, though, if Cam Newton was healthy, he would be the start. And it looks yeah. like Cam Newton is healthy, so. So, the only question, because we talked about this before, when they signed him, it was it was looking like, at the time, before training camp had started, and he started basically winning the job. I mean, there is, like... Um, I did watch a report on ESPN where they were talking about Mike Reese and I mean, Mike Reese was talking about Cam Newton. He basically said that um, he shows up to the facilities before the sun comes up and before anyone's there, he leaves as the last person out. You know, that's normal stuff you'll hear in camp, but that he's been a good morale for the team because he's Cam Newton, you know, his personality. So um, mm-hmm. he's fun to be around and stuff like that. Probably a lot more fun than Tom Brady, to be honest with you. But <laughs> Um, yeah. but anyway, so people like him and basically because of his hard work ethic, he's becoming a leader on that team, which would lead me to believe that they're not going to outright cut him and then start Stidham or start Hoyer at this point. That would just be Belichick being a moron. So, and he is not that he's the greatest coach to ever play to ever coach the game essentially. Yep. So he's going to start Cam Newton week one that this QB competition for me, unless something drastic happens in the next two weeks is over. Um, so the real question is obviously now we know that Cam Newton is going to be the guy. Um, what are the effects on the team? I, I feel like a lot of people are liking James white, like yourself. Um, I don't mind James white. I do think having Cam Newton should open up lanes for the running backs. Um, because like you look at what, what is going on in, um, in Baltimore right now, uh, with, Mark Ingram and potentially J.K. Dobbins this year with Lamar Jackson as quarterback when he runs all over the field, they got to compensate for that. And it opens up running lanes for their running backs. And uh, I think Gus Edwards even had five yards of carry last year. So I think that it will help the running backs a lot on the Pats. The only problem is that we don't know which running back it is going to be. It's going to be all of them. Sony came back, so he might play. 
which might be good yeah. things for Sony. I don't know. We've been up and down on Sony all offseason. I bet he came off my draft rankings. He went back on. It's all over the place. He fell like the 12th round in our home league. Ugh. Nobody wanted him. I really don't know that any option on the Pats besides Cam Newton is going to be valuable in fantasy football, to be honest with you. I know. It's so, it's so gross. Like, I feel like Julian might be okay. I don't think he's going to get the same amount of targets. I want Nikhil to be really good. So badly. But that's not going to happen. So he's going to win the job. Obviously, Cam Newton, we talked about, he's purchasable. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on Cam Newton, but I just will move on to the next guy. Yeah, we can just move on. So uh, the Bears obviously have Nick Foles and um, Mitch, Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. I already forgot his name. Uh, I really, so there's two different play styles here. Uh, Mitch starts, he's more of a gunslinging, you know. Yep. What is that? What is that SpongeBob episode? Uh, gunslinging. Uh, there was like a. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I wish I could remember because that would have been so fun to say. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's a he's he's like a Brett Favre like not in terms of talent but in terms of like how he plays. He likes to sling it down the field and make a bunch of plays. Whereas Nick Foles is like the vanilla. I'm gonna check it down as many times as I humanly can to not throw a pick kind of quarterback. So Nick Foles is kind of what the Bears need at this point in terms of just consistency because Mitch Trubisky is the picture of inconsistency or inconsistency, I should say. So um, right now, just to give you a bearing on what's the situation is um, today, they essentially said that Nick Foles is inches ahead in the QB t- competition yep. um, uh, uh, against Mitch Trubisky. And I also would say Nick Foles is probably inches ahead in other areas of life. <laughs> that is true. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was also a, a report today from the athletic that said yeah. Nick Foles stands out while David Montgomery, like, um, while well, David Montgomery gets injured, so he kind of took away the shine from yeah. Nick Foles, but I guess he had another great day of practice, and it looks like at this rate he's going to be the starter week one, which isn't too much of a surprise. And we trade when we uh, when we traded for him. when the Bears like I'm a Bears fan <laughs> when when the Bears traded for wow. Nick Foles, um, the expectation was I in my mind at least that he's probably going to be the starter unless Trubisky has a really good camp. Um, he's just Trubisky has been was so bad last year that Nick Foles is just the complete opposite. Like you said, he's a much more like stable quarterback. And I think it's what the bears need with that good defense. Um, I think that could be a good thing for Allen Robinson though. Uh, Allen Robinson will be fine either way though. Yeah. Trubisky or Nick Foles because he was good last year with Trubisky, but he, he might even be better when Nick Foles with the efficiency wise. Yeah. I mean, I think with Nick Foles, just like you said, based on efficiency, that would help Allen Robinson. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Allen Robinson, I think Nick Foles is better for the team than, than Mitch Trubisky. But I also think like if Mitch Trubisky plays this year, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be good. Remember the year he went to the pro bowl. I feel like yeah. every other year he's going to be bad. So last year he was bad this good. year. I think he's going to be good. Um, if he plays, <laughs> That is, yeah. But he's still garbage. So it's like either way. I, I mean, I don't think either one of these guys has a massive effect on the team. Efficiency wise, yeah. an opportunity in terms of scoring for the guy for for guys like David Montgomery and you know, um, Mitch. Uh, what is it, Allen Robinson, and even Anthony Miller for to some extent. I think the efficiency would improve under Nick Foles a little bit, but I don't know how much of a jump it's going to be. Last year they were 29th in offense. 
So uh, they weren't good. <laughs> no. If Nick Foles starts, where do they finish? I don't think finish? they're going to be in the top 20, but they might be like 21, 22. Like Which is a good jump. So for some yeah. of those guys, it might be... That could be, get them to the playoffs. Yeah, that could get the team to the playoffs, but that could get some of uh, some of these fantasy players. Like uh, Allen Robinson finished 10 last year. They might get him to 7 or 8. You know what I mean? So... yeah. Um, we'll see what happens there. And then the final QB competition, Ryan Fitzmagic and, uh, and Tua Tungavailoa. I don't think they're going to start Tua. I think this actually, this is going to be closer than people think though. I really do think that, um, Tua has been doing really well in camp and Ryan Fitzpatrick has been doing really well in camp as well. So both of them are doing pretty good. Um, I just don't think they're going to throw Tua in right away. I do think Tua is going to start games this year. Um, I think you're going to, the inconsistencies that you saw last year with Fitzmagic and Rosen and going back and forth, like, I think you could see that again this year, but I think there's also a real shot that, that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick starts every single game and is decent, but every time you give him the starting role and think he's good. (laughs) Uh, To me, I think he'll start the first few weeks. And then once he has a bad week, it's going to be to his team. Yeah. Um, Like, I th- I think probably I'll say like first like five or six weeks Fitzpatrick will start and sometime in the middle of the season two is going to take over and take he'll over. just fully take over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if Tua plays, what do you think the effects of the offense are going to be? You know, I don't really know too much how it would be different scheme wise. I don't really think it would too mm-hmm. much. Tua is still a pocket passer. He's kind of like a, he's um, kind of like a, I don't want to say Russell Wilson, but his game kind of compares might, to Watson little, or Russ or yeah, Dak. It might be a Drew Brees, Russell Wilson type. It might be a little more conservative. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, in Alabama, he, you, he used to love targeting the wide receivers. So I don't think it, like, I think Devontae Parker and Preston Williams might still be good. The only guy might affect is Mike Gusecki. I don't know how it, it it might not even change that, but if it is going to change, I think he might be the guy that gets maybe neglected a little bit if Tua takes over, but I really don't know. He's one of the guys that is a wild card for me, but, I mean, just going off of what he did in college, he he seemed to like the the wide receiver group a lot. So he did take a couple chances. So I think it won't change too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the only thing that I would say is that uh, Fitzpatrick has a more positive effect on on, um, Mike Gesicki. Yep. Uh, because he likes to throw to tight ends. He's liked it since he was with, you know, uh, since the first team he was on, to be honest with you, when he was with Buffalo the Jets or the, Bills, and the Jets yeah, yeah, when he, when he played for those teams and uh, when he was with Tampa and he had, he was on a stretch of good games. He was actually having um, relatively good. Like, uh, what do I want to say? What's the word I'm looking for? Good success uh, with mm-hmm. the tight end position. So I, I feel like, Kasicki will get good value out of Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick, but I don't know if Tua takes over the job, if Kasicki is going to get that same kind of a response team-wise. Um, as far as these guys, like, you know, obviously we talked about Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert. We talked about Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick, Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. None of those guys, none of them are startable. None of them are pick um, if that's a word. Don't draft him in your leagues. Um, the only guy I would draft of these quarterbacks is Cam Newton. The purpose of this conversation was to tell you what's going to happen with the rest of the guys with the starting quarterback that they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll do it unless you have anything else to say. No, I mean, I think that's, I think we pretty much covered it all. That'll do it for this episode of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Top position battles in the books. Next week, we have mock drafts and other such content 
coming your way. Final week of draft content. So buckle up. Get ready for the season. Don't forget to check out our at fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Buy the draft guide. Talk tomorrow or Tuesday. <laughs> Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>